You're listening to the Fanfare Cincinnati podcast presented by the Cincinnati Symphony Orchestra. I'm your host, Chris Pinello. During this extraordinary time of pandemic, the Cincinnati Symphony Orchestra and the Cincinnati Pops have together commissioned a diverse array of composers to write fanfares for single instruments, reflecting the, the interesting times that we're currently living. On today's episode, I am joined by my colleagues, Nate Bachhuber, who's the Director of Artistic Planning and Administration for the CSO, and Sam Strader with the same responsibilities for the Cincinnati Pops. Before we get started in this conversation, uh, I wanted to uh, note, uh, and some people have asked about this, though, we have not had a new podcast episode since uh, December, and it is now July, and uh, and we've had some inquiries about that. Um, I had uh, a medical episode and some complications that landed me in a, in a, in a on a ventilator, not related to COVID-19. This is before the pandemic, uh, but it's been a very long uh, road to recovery. Had a lot of inquiries and well wishes. And I just wanted to say how much I appreciate uh, a really supportive community here in Cincinnati and frankly from friends and, and even listeners across the country. So thank you for that. And we're uh, happy to be back uh, with the podcast and happy to, to uh, developing and producing new episodes for you to listen to. My conversation with uh, Nate Bachhuber and Sam Strader was recorded in May uh, prior to uh, the murder of George Floyd and much of the uh, unrest and calls for social equity and justice that have happened since. In future episodes of the podcast, we'll be uh, dealing with some of those issues as they relate to uh, the music world. But just wanted to note as we're going into this conversation, it was recorded in May and there's no references to um, those major events uh, that our, our country and our world are facing. So it's our first podcast since the pandemic started. I am joined virtually by my friends and colleagues, uh, Nate Bakhuber and Sam Strader. Welcome, gentlemen. Hello. Thank you. Thanks. Our listeners can't see this, but I can actually see Sam and Nate uh, via Zoom, which is a just an amazing technology. I'm sure everyone listening has really come to love and appreciate <laughs> the little boxes, the little Brady Bunch boxes uh, discussing. But this is, a, I think, a, a wonderful time to discuss our first big post-pandemic or during-pandemic project. This is the Fanfare Project, um, which draws some inspiration from a music director uh, from the 1940s, Eugene Goosens. Uh, Nate, um, what uh, sort of uh, got this project rolling? It was kind of um, as we approached how to keep an, engaging our audience during this time, we the simultaneously, I think, many uh, parts of the organization, our, our music director, Louis Langre, our pops conductor, John Morris Russell, uh, Sam and I all kind of were thinking about our history and how to use our history to inform both what we do now and, and the future. And I think this fanfare project um, that Goosens undertook during World War II was the, was the kind of point that we said, this was, a, this was an inflection point for the organization, for the world. Um, and we, we tried to create a, an updated parallel to that with, with this project. So, in the case of uh, Goosen's Fanfare Project, he was commissioning composers of that era to respond to the Allied effort and to World War II. Um, Sam, how do we communicate this to composers for this particular project? Is it sort of whatever you want to do, or did we say we want you to respond 
to this uh, COVID-19 pandemic? Well, yeah, we, we did talk about the, uh, the, certainly the context of the original fanfares uh, being part of the Allied effort and in support of the Allied effort of World War II and, um, and how we find ourselves in a, in a new, I don't know, world uproar um, that, uh, that we need to respond to uh, with, with music and with art. And so we asked these composers to write very brief, uh, literally one minute fanfares for one instrument um, that uh, that can be sort of their musical I don't know response their musical input for uh, the times we live in right now and with respect to the pandemic so that could be most- that could be anything from the uh, from you know an homage to a, a grocery worker or a bank teller or a frontline you know EMT or nurse um, or just to the sort of the times we live in and the in the situation we find ourselves in. I think it's a it's a really exciting project, and of course, you know, with Eugene Goosens and the CSO in the 1940s, he was commissioning works for full orchestra. These are works that are actually being commissioned for single instruments. What's the thinking behind that? I think part of it is the desire to create something that is both achievable now. I mean, when we're not rehearsing um, with an orchestra and we can't perform for an audience. So in looking for something that is um, that can be created right now, created using the tools that uh, are more ubiquitous in this time of home recording devices and video and sharing music and performances online um, that informed the, the function of this and, and wanting to deliver and create new music that um, inspires our audience and allows our musicians and other musicians from around the world to, uh, to say something, to, to kind of express this and, and have also something that can be delivered in a way that people can work into their daily lives. We can share this on social media. They can, take just a brief moment to listen and and not have to kind of dedicate, but just a pause, which I think is something that has people have been responding to. I want to take two minutes out and, and listen to this and and think about what that person is reacting to, um, what that composer is reacting to. And also just to be kind of inspired by the musical performances of, of CSO and pops musicians. So it's, and most most of these pieces are written for CSO and Pops musicians. Not all of them are. Yeah. Um, but as the musicians are are receiving the commissions, and I'm sure that if someone's writing for you, you're going to be excited, right? If a if a noteworthy composer is saying, "I want to write for you know Elizabeth Frymouth or or Dwight Perry or or uh, Stephanie Matsuo," I'm sure that that's a, a great honor to have a a composer write for you. Do we give any? special instruction to the musicians about how to create the video. I'm sure they're going to interpret it musically as they would any other piece, but as far as the dissemination, the sharing of the, of the music, what instructions do we give them? They've been, well, uh, well, most of them, if not all of them have been um, actually quite collaborative uh, with, with the composers and, and the um, performers working together sort of to iterate the the piece or you know play through a draft or the the players themselves sort of check in with the composers and send them you know maybe a first take or something like that just to make sure they're headed in the right direction as with most 
world premieres, you know, there's, there's usually some give and take and, and back and forth, I guess, maybe is a better way of putting it about how something is interpreted and how it's played. And, uh, and so that's been a really interesting, uh, experience as well as seeing that interaction on a really personal level, because a lot of times, you know, certainly in the orchestral world with, with these, um, with these premieres, it's often the, you know, the conductor and the composer work together to, to work out the interpretation. And then over the course of the rehearsal period or whatever, there's, there's more interaction, those sorts of things. And in this sense, it's all done, you know, lots of FaceTime, you know, phone calls and stuff like that, that, that they can work out the the details of a piece. And, you know, everyone's really, um, the, the folks that I've talked to, uh, the players in the orchestra have really found it to be a interesting experience and, and uh, enjoy you know, the responsibility of, of premiering a new work. And so it's, it's a, it's a nice, it's a nice opportunity for, for both sides to interact. And one of the things I love most about it is, is that collaboration and putting creative people together to make something and letting them work together. And of course, when you do that, we've set up this very, I think pretty simple structure of short pieces recorded at home, but, uh, you, I'm not surprised to see, and I'm inspired to see actually that that some of the composers are pushing the boundaries of of what we kind of set out, either by writing something that's a little bit different than we might expect, dedicating something to an idea that's uh, important to them, or in the case of of an upcoming um, uh, composition that we're that we'll be sharing, purposely recording something that they want done. Um, performed six times. So it's one minute long by one person. They're following the rules, but they're going to have the, the percussionist in this case perform it six times and then layer those on top of each other to create the idea of an ensemble, but still only using one person. So it's, it's kind of, you know, there, there are other things like that that are pushing the boundaries and, and um, just experiencing that kind of unexpected response, which connects to their idea and what their homage is. This is Marcus Bolter, who's who's in in New York right now and, and writing inspired by the 7 p.m. kind of salutes to healthcare workers, um, frontline workers, and and the way that he hears that is a bunch of individuals that create an ensemble without necessarily knowing that they're an ensemble. You know, to him and his perception. Um, so he wrote he wrote a piece for Michael Culligan, CSO percussionist, that will. It'll be performed more than once because it's meant to be almost as a, heard as an ensemble. So, so it's it's a really creative twist like that that make this interesting and and being kind of really connected through this project to both the composers and to the musicians performing them. You know, you get to you get to just concentrate on on their performance for what whatever the duration is. Forty so seconds. So no breaking the rules, but maybe bending the rules. Bending, a bit. yeah. There will always be yeah. bending of, of the rules, yeah. That's By the way, Michael, Michael Culligan and Sam Strader were separated at birth. Uh, I remember being on tour in, uh, I believe it was Taipei, and uh, Sam was out in the uh, in the lobby, and he was getting all of these uh, audience members wanting to get a photograph with him. And I thought, why would they want a photograph with Sam Strader? And then I realized, oh, they think he's Michael Culligan, who had just done this amazing uh, concert and, and percussion bit from Austin Powers on stage. And they thought Sam was Michael Culligan, but Sam gladly took those photos. I was uh, very gracious. All those fans. <laughs> very kind of you. <laughs> um, 
Well, I think this project is uh, is so exciting and such a, a diverse array of composers. And I'm sure that uh, Louie and John had some input or, or directed how we how we, we would approach. But talk to us a little bit about the composers that we've uh, approached. And if we have 13 commissions so far, but there's more coming. Yes? Yes. Mm-hmm. There will be yeah, more. Right. Uh, and this was... This was a really interesting opportunity for us to collaborate with composers from sort of across the musical spectrum, across, you know, across the personal spectrum. Um, Many of these composers are folks that we've got relationships with, um, either through other works that we performed or commissioned from them or recorded, those sorts of things. Um, But there's also several that that we haven't worked with before either because we just haven't gotten to it yet or, or they're sort of new to the scene or maybe their, their style of writing has not been, has lent it has not lent itself to things that we've been doing all those sorts of things. And this is a really great opportunity to engage a really, a, a really wide array of people. Um, and, and that's been, you know, really exciting to hear all the different takes of this, of this from, you know, a lot of different perspectives. Um, and, you know, in addition to the sort of the personal backgrounds, you know, certainly the musical backgrounds, we've got folks from contemporary classical world, we've got folks from the Broadway and theater world, from film, from, you know, even, you know, have talked to choral composers or uh, even people who are maybe more like songwriters. So in that sense, it's, it's, a, it's a really interesting collection of folks all coming together for the same purpose. Yeah, I think country, some of the country and western. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I think some of the the normal things that we have to think about um, with a commission or a new work. This is fun because we don't have to think about it. I mean, it takes a lot longer to write a full orchestra piece, even if it's a short full orchestra piece, than it does to write a one minute piece. So in that way, it's also something that I think the composers appreciate. Um, is an achievable task right now, something that as they're looking at their desk and there are probably a few projects sitting there waiting to be tackled, they can say, you know what, I'm, I'm not quite ready for those yet, but I can, I can do this. I can take an afternoon or a couple of days and, and work to collaborate on, on something that, that feels important right now. So that I think they've appreciated that. But then at the same time, some of, as Sam alluded to, some of these composers are uh, haven't written much orchestral, full orchestral music before. They've written for for Western classical instruments and orchestral instruments, but but um, their media might lie in a smaller ensemble or chamber music thing. Um, and some of them who even have written a lot of orchestral music are using this as an opportunity to take on a new challenge to write for an instrument that they've maybe been a little scared to write for. Some of them are using it as a chance to experiment with um, something coming up, they're saying, I know that I, I'm going to be writing a violin concerto. I'll write a one-minute violin solo piece as a way to play with some musical ideas. So um, it's you know it's something that, that benefits the composers that they seem to be enjoying doing that, of course, we're loving hearing and that, that the CSO and POPs musicians are, are really um, engaged in. And, and, you know, I think I heard back from most of the people that we talked to most of our musicians uh, within minutes of <laughs> of proposing the idea, saying, "Yeah, I can't wait. This sounds like fun." So, I think we're all we're all looking for ways to be 
to be connected to what our normal lives feel like in a way. And this happens to be a really special way to do that, both through making music, practicing music and, and sharing music. So it's been I think most musicians crave collaboration, especially yeah. orchestral musicians. But uh, this is, I mean, it has to be hard uh, through this uh, uh, pandemic and being all separated the way we are. They haven't been able to get together as an ensemble on the stage. So this kind of interaction, I would imagine, would be something they would really uh, thrive on. Uh, have you run into, you don't have to give any names, but have you run into a situation, you mentioned composers writing for instruments that may be a little scary, uh, of a composer writing something that maybe is just beyond the, the instrument's abilities uh, to create sound? Not really, not yet. I mean, I think creating challenges um but yeah, these are all these are all experienced composers who are generally aware of what the instruments are capable of um not making those types of mistakes but it is writing for someone new in the most case in most cases they're writing for for players that they don't know well and um so sometimes the the techniques and things are informed by that i think you know um, matthias pincher and dwight perry you can go hear that on, on the Fanfare Project website right now, um, they work together a lot because Matthias, uh, who's obviously uh, an incredibly talented composer and very familiar with new music, um, wanted to ask someone who knew even more than he did about how this worked and uh, things about what kind of harmonics can the oboe make and how does this, how would you go from this note to that note? All of, all of these kind of uh, idiosyncratic questions about both the instrument and the the musician themselves and, and that's always I think a part of of writing this type of music is is knowing who you're writing it for so let's have a listen to principal oboe Dwight Perry playing Vitras Fragment by Matthias Pincher
composer Peter Boyer wrote Fanfare for Tomorrow for Principal Horn, Elizabeth Frymouth. Composer Michael Abels wrote Salute in Solo for Principal Viola, Christian Kohlberg. Yeah, and I think in the cases that I've experienced so far in this, which is one or two, where the the player is, you know, basically sort of like, well, you know, if 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 I was writing this, you know, I might I might put it in a in a different key or something like that. But you know, when I've said, you know, well, this is this is still a draft, you know, have you discussed this with the composer or whatever? And they've, you know, they've basically said, well, this is what he wrote. Or this is what she wrote, and this is I want to honor that, and so I want to like it's my challenge to make this work on the instrument as I play it, and so there's you know there's sort of a, a little two sides to that same coin where you rising can, to the occasion, yeah, yeah you know, like yeah. this is this is I want to honor the 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 impetus behind this, so nothing you know both both the composers and the and the performers are all you know professionals here, so that we we want to make it happen. Do either of you re- recall any, uh, when you were making the ask to these composers, was it a phone conversation, an email, a combination of both? Yeah, I think a combination of both. And, um, and the, the response to the idea of the project was, was very enthusiastic. Even, you know, even if people um, had to think about whether they have time to tackle it or not, they, 
they thought it was a great idea because I think it connects to and gives them an outlet um, for some things that we're all thinking about and feeling and so concentrated on. And, and for me, that's really, um, in addition to all of the other aspects of this musically and, and process wise, I think the connection to the, the composers themselves and, and what inspires them in, to write these, they're, they're all over the board and just like the composers are. And, and I think that's really interesting. The idea of something you miss, something like the windows of, of the Cathedral of Chartres I, and how beautiful stained glass and not being able to go to that space to travel there and, and having a memory of something while you're looking out your windows in New York. And this is um, seeing different types of windows and the idea, that idea, that is, uh, really, really different and creative. And I think, you know, um, Gabriel Kahane wrote a, a fanfare for trees, um, which has been a big part of his kind of uh, experience during this time of going on long walks. And I mean, trees in general and, and the importance of, of nature for, you know, spiritual and mental health, I think is, is, his experience with within this and i think marcos being in new york and writing about that 7 p.m moment I, that's really for me what's so special about this and i think that those conversations with the composers um they immediately had those ideas when we talked about what the project was with them and sam and i reached out i think there's it's probably part of their enthusiasm was related to the fact that they were looking for a place to put these ideas in the, in the right form to share them. So I think the, the enthusiasm was, was strong uh, from the beginning. Any yeah, fanfare for baseball? Uh, yeah. No takers? We, <laughs> I mean, we've had so many. I mean, I haven't had anybody who I've approached who said, oh, no, that's, I, I, it just doesn't seem like a good idea to me. Everyone, is, ev everyone has been really enthusiastic about the idea, the concept, and the project. Um, of the one, literally one or two that have, have declined to participate, it's, it's been a time issue for them more than anything. But, and it's remarkable how few people have said, have said no, frankly. Uh, I think some of that has to do with we, we've sort of – reached out to people that we thought were going to likely to be interested in and involved, but, um, but it's, it speaks to the, I think the strength of the, of the concept and the times we're in that, that people would want to be And Nate mentioned this before too, is it seems like something people can tackle right now. And even if you've got a lot of work to do uh, that that's due later, nobody's psyche is sort of in that mode right now because everything just feels in limbo and up in the air. And this is a thing that sort of fits the moment, uh, both in terms of the scope of the work and the, the subject matter. So it's been really encouraging to see people's reaction to it as we've approached them. And it's easy on us because we, we pay by the instrument <laughs> with composers. Right. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that's just a little a little joke there for all the composers pay, listening pay by the minute yeah <laughs> not all of the composers have written for cso musicians composer gabriel kahane wrote fanfare for the trees for acclaimed violinist pekka kuzisto
trees climb home All the trees climb home Composer Taishan Sori wrote, For Peter Evans, apologies for the brevity, for CSO Principal Trumpet, Bob Sullivan. Another composer writing a piece for a, a non-CSO musician was Ted Hearn, who wrote for Natalie Joachim, The Luminous Road. say Nate no I just I think that I think that Sam hit on something that that is really um uh, relates to what a lot of people are doing this idea of something that you can do now and the difficulty of of trying to dig into those long-term projects you know the idea of of baking bread right so (laughs) you start it you it takes a little while you put it in the oven and out comes your this product and I think um there's a reason why that is a fulfilling activity for so many people right now during during this time and i think compositionally this is kind of the version of that it's and it's harder to start a project or to even continue a project when you don't know when it's going to be performed or you don't know if it's going to be performed um because of of 
all of the restrictions on, on making those things happen and all of the challenges right now. So I think um, the idea of, of kind of continuing, continuing things that are a part of our, our daily routines, our life, things that, that motivate us all the time in a way that can be uh, experienced now and, and having that fulfilling moment of, of creation and having something come to life, even though, you know, live performance is such a more impactful and valuable thing. And I think that's part of it, this, this connection with individual people um, is, is strong, you know, seeing someone in their home performing this piece that was written for them, you get to know a little bit about, about, about that human and feel that connection. And that's why also as part of this project, Sam and I have been asking the composers to record videos of themselves talking about their piece. And, you know, there's a rule I think that you learn in grad school if you're a composer that the, the talk should never be longer than the piece, um, which in this, this case is a challenge because the pieces are, are so short. But we, we just wanted to be able to, to make that human connection to the composers who in a live performance you might see walk out on stage and take a bow uh, or do a pre-concert talk or something like that but in this case we wanted to give the audience really an opportunity just to see who is making this and who and what the, and have them talk about what their inspiration is or just just to see their face and <laughs> say okay that's that's michael abels or or that's marcus balter that's matthias pincher i i get it and and i think uh, as we go along, it might be interesting to get some of them together for to share, you know, a little bit more about themselves because it's uh, composition is unlike orchestral performance, something that can happen in your uh, in your home, and actually it's it's a very um, generally a very isolated activity. Even if you are collaborating and writing for someone, you might have a an hour long FaceTime call or a even a meeting in person back when that was possible, but uh, for, the <laughs> for the days, but then you, you still have to go off into your, your studio or your kitchen table or wherever you work and, um, and, and create this thing by yourself because that's, that's a, it, it takes so much construction and so much time and, and thinking and uh, analysis. And, you know, it's, it's like being a writer in that way, but I think, um, finding your inspiration is is the important part, but it's it's a solitary activity. So this is this is something that for them is not that much different, except for the final result, the final um, performance being in a bit of a different format. One of the things that I really love about this is um, that for all of these, we're we the the composers and their publishers have allowed us to post the actual sheet music online when we post the video of the performance and you know especially right now where everyone's stuck at home to some degree and we you know you have an opportunity i'm really excited georgia stid is writing for clarinet and it's my instrument and i haven't played my clarinets i it's been at least 10 years since i played and I'm grateful for that. <laughs> probably. Just but I'm so, I'm actually like really excited to, to get George's piece so that I can play it. Um, because I think you know, like, like the baking bread or I'll do, you know, doing some home project. My wife planted a garden for the first time in several years. You know, it's like, we all need that 
something to do and a creative outlet and those sorts of things. And right now is really difficult. And so I'm really excited to see um, these pieces being able to be shared with, with the world. And, you know, and in that sense, I think that has even more um, like I'm imagining in a, in a few years when people who are, you know, graduating high school right now or learning instruments now or going into music programs, you know, in four years when they go to do their senior recital, maybe, maybe they'll play one of these fanfares in their senior recitals, um, you know, just because it's there and they, you know, it's written by a really notable composer. I think those are some really awesome uh, opportunities for us to sort of add art to the world and that, that whole sort of that whole piece of it and just the, the fact that we're we're putting new art into the world at a time when it feels like everything is just in stasis uh has been the thing that makes me most proud of this project. composer george stitt wrote waiting for wings for the cincinnati pops a few years back that was recorded here she writes fanfare for the ups and downs for principal clarinet chris pell I, I I agree, and, and and I think even even if people you know not many people are able to perform some of this difficult work, or you know that that it only gets a couple of of graduation recital performances or any something like that. There's something so beautiful about written music on the page, and mm-hmm. even if you're not a uh, an expert or or musicologist or music theorist or or, or able to play any instrument at all. If you open up these scores, you can see the differences in in style. You can see differences in the way that people construct their work. These are these are artists who create a uh, you know a, a primarily sonic um, product. However, this the score of of performances is such an important tool, right? This is the composer, that's where they put it down. And after that, they hand it off and someone else brings it to life. So to watch how they put their music and their musical ideas onto the page is really, really interesting. So I encourage people to 
to click on those, open them up, just just look over them. Sometimes they write some beautiful dedications or little program notes or things like that within there as well. Or, um, you know, it, it's it's a fascinating document of of the art and the experience too. And and uh, it's you know, Matthias Pincher actually. I I wish that we uh, we post both maybe or something i don't know if it, this is his manuscript but when he creates when he writes he still um he uses pencil and paper he needs he likes that tactile experience and then it gets put onto a computer but he's he has staff paper and, and to look at the the beauty of his writing on the page in his own hand is is an incredible thing uh, kind of a, a bit of a nod to a lost art actually so so it's it's really fun to um, to engage with the scores as as you listen to the piece after um, in any in any way because uh, it's such a unique opportunity to get to to look at at those pieces of art making from composers like this. Nate and I are both singers, but since Sam uh, is a clarinetist, if you uh, play your piece and post it, I might send you a pint of graders, just a little little incentive. Um, Gentlemen, it's been a great conversation. I am very excited about this project. You can check out videos on the CSO and pops on Facebook on the CSO video YouTube channel. uh, And also on let the music play. You'll find that through the Cincinnati symphony orchestra website, Cincinnati pops website. Uh, So be sure to check that out and and look at these beautiful scores, uh, listen to the music, and we look forward to sharing uh, more as the weeks progress. Uh, Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Fanfare Cincinnati podcast presented by the Cincinnati Symphony Orchestra. I'm your host, Chris Pinello. Our producer is Lee Snow. The orchestra receives critical annual support from the Louise Tudely Nippert Musical Arts Fund of the Green Acres Foundation, the Ohio Arts Council, the thousands of donors who give generously to the Arts Wave Community Campaign, and the National Endowment for the Arts. Thanks for listening.